Well, the Tigers do get a win. There's a couple of uh, of injuries along the way that we'll have to keep an eye on. But a win is a win. Big win to kick off a series in Texas. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, June 27th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. All righty. Well, the Detroit Tigers win on Monday night. Almost forgot what day it was there. Uh, 7-2. to over the Texas Rangers in Arlington. Big win. Uh, very, very nice. I, I mean, like, this is one of those games where uh, it, it's something that when you watch it, you understand that it's it's not sustainable in the sense that, like, the Tigers just aren't in a place where they're going to hit that many home runs and get uh, on, the, on the positive side of, like, the home run differential on a game-to-game basis, I guess I'll say. Uh, but... Seeing the power stroke come through for this team was really, really nice to see. Uh, several really nice performances that we'll talk about for sure uh, offensively, a lot more than just the power stroke. But we talk about it all the time. This team went one for six with runners in scoring position, but power it, it trumps all. And so they had a couple of home runs. And so it, it ended up not mattering that, that they kind of uh, squandered some opportunities throughout the game and were still able to put up seven runs. And that's why we bring up uh, th- that kind of number and why we talk about the importance of power in today's game as well. Um, so, yeah, nice, nice win. Also, I mean, just f- winning game one of a four-game set is really, really important. Uh, there's some updates as far as the pitching matchups go throughout this series that we will talk about at the very end of the show. You can see it on the little itinerary here if you're watching on YouTube. Um, so yeah, nice win. Nice, solid win. Let's start off the show with talking about Colt Keith. Uh, that thing on the itinerary there is a little clickbaity, and for that I apologize, but uh, I hate when it like when my rows here become two rows. I want all the bullet points to be one row, and so that's the only way I could fit it all into one. Um, Colt Keith was called up to AAA Toledo. Uh, he has been in Erie all season. We, it's actually it's so convenient that all of these minor league roster moves and transactions are happening because we just did a minor league update literally on Friday. Um, so we talked about how good of a season Colt Keith is having. He's crushing everybody, uh, righties, lefties, starters, relievers, like young pitchers, old, like veterans, like whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and so he was recalled to, or called up, I should say, to uh, AAA. And uh, we, we kind of talked about earlier in the year, not even like really long time ago, like a few weeks ago, uh, we had mentioned how it was rather likely that he was going to play out the first half of the double a season. If you're not aware how the, the double a season works and how it's, it's very strange uh, because there's a lot of calling up and sending down and whatever um, you can clinch a playoff berth. If you are uh, in the playoff picture at the halfway mark of the double a season, and then you can clinch it again in the second half of the year. So, 
Erie has already clinched a playoff berth. And so it makes sense that outside of Colt Keith, a lot of roster moves uh, have happened in Erie immediately following them clinching a playoff berth. So that kind of made sense. We kind of warned people of that on this show uh, about a month ago, I want to say. Um, kind of talking a little bit more in depth about that and how that was kind of likely. So nice to see, though. And I'm very, very excited. The, the biggest thing for Keith now in AAA, uh, and, and I, I said this, I want to say, on Friday's episode, maybe not, but I, I the, the biggest thing is not necessarily a giant leap in talent. It's just the pitchers that he's facing will now be more – not like just, oh, they're more MLB ready because they're in AAA and not AA. AAA is full of 40 men roster players that are not on major league rosters, right? So you're getting, <clears throat> excuse me, you're getting a lot of guys in AAA uh, on the pitching side of things that are, you know, have had like two, three, four year MLB careers. <coughs> excuse me. Um, and so you're, you're kind of getting the, uh, like bubbling over of the major league level. So you're not just getting like, oh, these are like top prospects in organizations, like in double a, you're actually getting like major league arms that like are one injury at the major league level away from being on a major league roster. Uh, and so that's kind of the biggest adjustment. And and the most thing I'm most excited for to see Colt Keith do is just see how he fares against like actual like hey there's, he's going to face a lot of dudes that have MLB experience. Just a quick rundown of all the transactions that happened out of Erie, whether they're sending people down, calling, p- sending people to Toledo, etc. Uh, we'll do that really, really quickly because there was a boatload. Okay, so Colt Keith obviously transferred from Erie to Toledo. Sean Gunther transferred from Erie to Toledo. Had an injury. Since the injury has been phenomenal. Uh, someone to keep an eye on in, in Toledo. I think there's a, a non-zero chance that he is uh, pitching in an old English D out of the bullpen at some point. Um, Lane Henderson transferred from AAA to Toledo. Uh, Billy Lesher transferred from Toledo to Erie. Sorry, Lane Henderson also Toledo to Erie. Mario Feliciano from Lakeland to Erie. Uh, Tyler Madison, West Michigan to Erie. Tyler Madison, friend of the program. We interviewed him last summer, I want to say. Uh, has been pretty solid out of the bullpen um, ever since they kind of made him more of a reliever type. Uh, Chavez Fernander, Erie to West Michigan, and Michael Benlian, Erie to West Michigan. Okay, so it's a quick rundown of all of, I just want to keep you all in the loop. I know a lot of those names, uh, especially the more depth names on there, don't mean a whole lot to a ton of people, but I just want everyone to know everything. Okay, I want to be as, as informative as possible. Um, so yeah, and then the other only other major roster move that happened in the organization was the official announcement that Tyler Nevin was in fact the replacement, I guess will be the word, for Nick Maton at the major league level. Um, yeah, so and they cited, you know, the fact that the Tigers are going to be facing a lot of lefties going forward, uh, and that Tyler Nevin is is gonna be a, a better matchup than some of the other choices they were mulling. Um yeah, I mean, like Parker Meadows admittedly doesn't hit lefties as well, but I don't know. Unless you're going to have it be Tyler Nevin for like this week and then you're just going to make another roster move, I, I still disagree with it. But uh, I've already voiced my frustrations there. Let's get into this ball game. Um, big time power surge, as we talked about. So uh, in this ball game, obviously Andy Abanez hits the, what, three-run homer? 
which was huge. I mean, I is there anything cooler in sports than revenge games? I know that the Tigers have had a lot happen to them lately, like right, like Willie Castro. We didn't even really have time to talk about it yesterday. Willie Castro had like a billion hits over the weekend, which is like just so ridiculous. Uh, like even after all those hits, I think his OPS is still well above, uh, well below rather league average. Like his OPS was in the 600s uh, going into that series. I'm relatively sure. It's just, <laughs> it's just how it is. But when they are Tigers happening to their former teams, or just like you're a third party watching and you're not involved, um, like that, that's one of the beautiful things. One of the many, many beautiful things just about sports in general is those kind of revenge game type of things and and i i just i love watching them i i absolutely again not against the tigers but i love watching them um uh, just in any capacity in any sport i I think they're so so cool so happy for andy abanez to be able to hit a three-run homer against his former employer that's always got that's got to be a fantastic feeling for him um okay let's get into the rest of the offense there are some individual performances outside of Andy Abanez and then Jake Rogers obviously was the over other home run as well but I want to talk about Jake Rogers and then uh I want to talk about specifically one more person but we'll kind of jump around a little bit throughout the offense also I realized uh somebody left a comment about it which I appreciate um but I, I realized listening back to yesterday that uh, my levels were absolutely whack. Uh, if you haven't noticed, I, I have a different mic. Uh, I, I like holding my mic. I, I speak with my hands and I like being able to like, oh, the mic's going to be at the same place no matter where my head moves. Uh, but that mic completely hit the end of its road. Uh, and so we had to go back to the to the old one that I used to use, uh, which is a fantastic, high quality, great mic. But Sometimes I move my head around when I talk, and if I get too close, the levels can be weird. So I'm trying to work on it. I apologize. I just want to throw that out there. Be completely transparent with y'all. Um, it'll it'll probably take me a few episodes to adjust. I'm going to mess with the levels a little bit, the volume a little bit, and um, hopefully within just a couple of days of a grace period, I can get uh, kind of the hang of everything again. Um, but yeah, that that is why there there might be some some really loud or really quiet moments. So I, again, I greatly apologize. Um, just an adjustment period. Let's get into the rest of the offense, okay? But first, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at eBay Motors. eBay Motors is the best, and the reason why is because they are very similar to a championship team. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit, and it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right, so the next time you need parts and accessories, Head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fit you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know if a part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome back to segment two here of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, uh, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that truly do make us 
their first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping game two of this Ranger series. Uh, and if you have the SiriusXM app, be sure to check out. Uh, you can just search Detroit Tigers and you will get the Tigers home broadcast on any game. Very, very cool feature. So check that out, the SiriusXM app. Um, okay, so Andy Abanez, we talked about, he goes two for four with three RBIs in the home run. Um, and his OPS is now up to 695, almost back over 700. That'd be kind of nice. Uh, he just, it's so funny. Like it's just the, his approach at the plate is just, and we, I've said this a million times, but it just really is like the definition of a hot and cold, like streaky hitter. Like he's going to make his contact. He's going to, the ball is going to find grass and find the seats a, a lot of times when he's hot. And it really is like what Jonathan scope was in 2021. Like he'll have a month where he just has an a thousand OPS and then a month where he has an OPS of 400. And you're like, all right, well, I'd like maybe just consistent like league average, but I guess I'll take this. Um, what else do we have here? So Jake Rogers, I want to talk about a little bit offensively. Um, he has, he goes two for three with the two RBIs, obviously on the home run and a walk. So on the season now, Jake Rogers has a 740 OPS despite a 191 average. This dude only hits extra base hits, basically. I know he had a single in this game, but like it, it's, it's, he walks a lot, which is great. He gets on base and he has a, a nice slug, right? Like the ISO that he has is really, really solid. That's kind of like slug if you take out like singles for better, for, for what am I even trying to say? For, the layman's definition. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. You get what I'm saying though. Um, so it, it's just, it's one of those things where he, I, I don't mind that if he's going to be the seven, eight, nine hitter on this team, I, I, I'll take him. He, he has an above, above league average OPS right now. Like it's right at about like high seven 738, seven thirty nine areas usually where uh, the the league average OPS has been throughout this season. Like he's right at about a league average hitter, despite a 191 OPS, just because of all the slugging and walks that he gets. And I'll gladly take that with a dude that provides as much as he does defensively. Um, that's really the point I was trying to get at. Sorry, I, I fumbled my words there. And it's a hard time getting there. Um, Miguel Cabrera, two more hits in this game. 237 average, 645 OPS. It, it's obviously far below league average, far below what Miguel Cabrera used to be. Uh, but I mean, it's certainly better than like the 480 OPS. He was rocking there for a little bit at one point in the season. So we'll take it. Jonathan scope has an RBI uh, sack fly in this game. Nice to see him just like provide in, in any capacity. I'll gladly take it. Um, the, the only other person I really want to talk about, I know we're just kind of jumping around here, but uh, Matt Veerling had a phenomenal game three for five with two runs scored. He now has a 274 average. And an OPS of just a hair under 760. That's an above league average hitter at the moment if you're going by OPS and batting average for that matter. Um, so really nice to see. And like I, I know that uh, he really struggles defensively in center field, but he provides plus defense when he's in the corners. He provides plus base running. He's one of the fastest players in the league. He's got a pretty solid arm. Like he he's just a toolsy dude that – like Matt Veerling is the perfect example of someone who a team that has a really good 
development staff turns Matt Veerling into a pretty darn good ball player. And it's very early. Like, this is his first full season. We're very early in this dude's career. I'm not saying he needs to figure it out all at once uh, and, and should just like be that immediately. But it's just it's nice to see him take strides. He he. Every time I call him out on something, he seems to slowly improve on it. He hit a a fast ish pitch on the low and inside part of the plate today for a single. Turned on it, uh, and and he wasn't laid on it. Pulled it like and all that and and. Uh, it's just, it's one of those things where he he has so many tools to offer. And I I really hope that this development staff is actually trending in the right direction. It's not just like a facade and that they're actually, and that they're able to take players like Veerling and make them uh, pretty solid major league ball players. And I, and I'm hoping that that's what they're, what we are seeing right in front of our eyes because he's been pretty good lately. So Two thumbs up for Matt Veerling. Uh, Torkelson goes over yet again. He does have a walk in this game, however, 218 average, 658 OPS. But really, the story of this game it, it was just the the help that they got from the home runs. I mean, if yeah, if you look at it, five of the seven RBIs were via the home run. It, it's the ultimate trump card. No matter how bad an offense is struggling on the day. No matter how bad you are, the front of the scoring position, it does not matter if you can hit a home or you're going to score some runs. And and thankfully, they weren't solo shots either. You had some people on base. So good to see. Good job, offense. Enough for a win. Seven runs. We'll gladly take that any time we can get it. Heaney's always kind of been like that too. If you followed Andrew Heaney in his Angels career, he was the guy who all of like the advanced numbers said that he should have been better than he was, uh, but he could never get to that point because he just gave up so much hard contact and so many homers. And a lot of those predictive stats are like, oh, like people that like Sierra was like a big one. were like, oh, well, there's no way he gives up that many homers again. Like, well, if he gave up a league average home run rate, this would be his ERA. And it's like three. And you're like, oh, wow, if you can just stop that. But he just never was able to stop it. In Texas, he's been a little better. Uh, a little more comfortable elevating the fastball, it seems like, this year. Uh, so that'll be – I'm very fascinated with Andrew Heaney and, and will continue to be throughout the remainder of the season and see how well he does uh, in Texas there. Um, okay, let's get to our pitching. Matthew Boyd started this ball game and only threw two-thirds of an inning. He recorded two outs, uh, and he gave up a solo homer. The two outs he recorded were strikeouts, which is great. Uh, it, it was like still, even though it wasn't even an inning, it was still a pretty on-brand Matthew Boyd start. You had you had swings and misses, you had strikeouts, and you had a home run to start off the ball game. Uh, unfortunately, then he would just airmail uh, a pitch like way way high, and everybody was like, "Wow, that was you know obviously not even close." But he winced immediately. And as he was walking off the field, some people were commenting like he is like even the way he's walking off the field, like that's not how like a a, a left arm looks when you're just like naturally walking like he, he was really seemed to be in some serious pain. Uh, so no update at the time of this recording, which is well after the game. So I'm imagining that uh, by the time you're listening to this, if you're listening in the morning or whatnot, there is still no update. Hopefully there's one in the afternoon. Um, but, and we're hoping for him to be healthy, uh, for, for a plethora of reasons, but that was definitely a a weird start to this ball game. And then Will Vest comes in, throws one inning, one hit, no, no, no walks or runs. 
strikes out three in the three batters he faces, and then he gets hurt. And his looked like it was more of a leg injury, a lower body thing, but he has to get pulled from the ballgame. And Will Vest has been a, a pretty big success story out of this bullpen. He's been their favorite uh, reliever to go to, like first out of the pen this year. He's been the opener a lot. They really don't mind going to Will Vest immediately. Um, and so both of those dudes now we're waiting to hear on their current health situation. And for a team that already kind of desperately needs innings out of wherever they can get them, starting rotation, bullpen, et cetera, to lose two pretty key pieces holding all of this together at the moment would be a pretty big blow. So uh, we'll get into the rest of the game, and we will obviously talk about the implications that this could have right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back to your third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Um, so Matthew Boyd, Will Vest are hurt. As far as the bullpen goes, there's a few different ways you can kind of address bullpen. If Will Vest does end up being out long-term, uh, you can – there's honestly several dudes in Toledo uh, that I kind of like that that you can think about going to. Um, but if Matthew Boyd is out for a few starts, um, it, it's it's really unfortunate because I mean, obviously, you just like don't want anyone to get hurt ever. Uh, but it's really unfortunate because we are getting Matt Manning back later this week, and like Scooble seems to be close, and like it would just be really frustrating. For everybody, Boyd, team, fans, everyone, if like you were just replacing one injured pitcher with another and like you still then had the same amount of pitchers in your rotation at the end of this. So uh, I'm hoping that he's okay, but it, it really, it did not look great. And I am not a doctor, very infamously, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of keep an eye on that. And obviously on the show every day, we'll give updates as they're given out. Um, but yeah, sucks sucks and and will vast again has been one of the more valuable relievers in this entire bullpen like and, and i can't believe if you would have told me in april that i would have been saying that in june i wouldn't have believed you but it's absolutely true uh, outside of the the two horses at the back end right in lang and foley there's an argument will vest has been the most valuable reliever on this team with with just when they're they've been going to him in games so Hoping for the best for everybody involved uh, and and an already thin pitching staff has the potential to get even thinner uh, before it gets stronger here. So very unfortunate, but the rest of the game would be a bullpen game. It's been really fascinating how bullpen games throughout this year have like they haven't been the Tigers punting games. They've won a lot of bullpen games and even in the ones they haven't, they've been like competitive like they've put together a pretty decent product in those and I think that there's this misconception that bullpen days are like just like punt days where you're like oh you're not expecting to win I think and I feel like a, a beat writer asked this question to AJ and I feel like he answered it but I can't remember who it was or what his answer was off the top of his head off, off the top of my head rather um but I I feel like AJ loves bullpen days like I feel like we give a, a, a lot I do at least give a lot of credit to AJ for how he manages the bullpen I think he does a phenomenal job very rarely do you hear me come on this show and talk about a, I, I very much voice my frustrations with AJ when I have them but very very seldom are they due to bullpen management 
Um, and I feel like he just loves playing matchups so much that he kind of, not because of an injury, obviously, but on like a scheduled bullpen day, he kind of like foams at the mouth a little bit. And he's kind of like, I'm, I'm like pumped. I'm ready to play the matchups. I'm ready to have this chess game and, and try and come out on top and uh, makeshift one kind of on the fly. And he still very much did that. Mason Engler, two and a third, two hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts. Uh, very, very on-brand Mason Engler start. The strikeout stuff was was solid, um, but gave up a homer. He has like 25 appearances on the year already, and I think he's given up 10 home runs. I think that was the 10th home run he's given up already this season. Like He has a, a legitimate home run problem, uh, but... His ERA, despite that, is still only 4-6, which, like, given the amount of hard contact he's given up, is really not that bad. And he can give you multiple innings, and he has the ability to get big-time strikeouts. We, we've seen him. Some of the most high-pressure situations of this entire season have been with Mason England on the bump, and he's come through uh, a lot of times. So, really unique pitcher Mason Ingler has been I, I still don't think he's like in the top half of the pitchers I would trust in like the highest of high leverage but um, he went out there and gave you multiple innings today thumbs up for sure great job the biggest thing for him is just finding a major league fastball and if he can do that I think he'll take a big step forward but we haven't really seen that yet so far uh, Tyler Alexander three innings three hits no runs no walks four strikeouts Tyler Alexander's ERA is down to 417 after this outing and I'm so happy about it. He is so, so, so valuable to this team. He does the dominate the strike zone thing better than almost anybody. He is not going to walk anything, right? He he does not walk anybody ever, and I love him for it. Um, And he, he's the only guy that you can really consistently rely on to give you a lot of innings if you need it. Uh, I thought he was really good. There was one ball that was hit like 410 foot out. Uh, I think there were runners on base too, but uh, it ended up being an out. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. That's kind of his thing. Play for the fly ball. Don't walk anybody and uh, come out on top. And that's what he did in this game. So, it, I mean, just uh, with the slow start he got off to this year, I was genuinely worried like Tyler Alexander just wasn't going to be a part of this team uh, at some point this season. But he has certainly turned it around in a big way and has been, again, very, very valuable to this bullpen. Jason Foley, one inning, two strikeouts. For Foley, strikeout machine, Jason Foley. I love it. Um, and then Tyler Holton goes on at the end of the game. One inning, one hit, two walks, one strikeout, no runs. His ERA is now sub two. He did load the bases with two outs, uh, but got out of it without giving up a run. Um, Tyler Holton, I think, is proving to be a fantastic lefty specialist, which every team needs. Um, but it's just a matter of like, once you get past the lefty specialist part, how much further can you trust him? But AJ has used him so well. He has been a huge pickup. This dude was DFA'd, uh, in the winter. I'm pretty sure. And the Tigers, another guy that Scott Harris just like picked up. He now has a sub two ERA. He's got a one nine eight ERA on the year and has been really, really good in the situations that AJ has used him in. So thumbs up there. Um, so yeah, that, that's pretty much all I got, to be honest with you. Like, th this was a, a A.J. Hinch masterclass as far as the bullpen goes. I know that everybody, again, was upset with the lack of Kerry Carpenter in the lineup. Um, I, I mean, I was too. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and tell you otherwise. I, I still think, for as much credit as I just gave our manager for how well he manages the bullpens, uh, I think that there's a little bit like trying to 
big-brained uh, lack of Kerry Carpenter in the lineup every single day currently. And, like, look, if, if he goes out there and he sucks against lefties uh, over a, a legitimate sample size, then, like, go away from it, right? I'm not telling you it has to be there no matter what. But, like, is Jake Marisnik's defense in center? I guess that was kind of at the end of the game. But, like, is is the outfield today to start was Matt Veerling, Andy Abanez, and Eric Haas. Like, is is Eric Haas and Andy Abanez had a great game, obviously, but are the two of them significantly more valuable in the outfield against a lefty than Kerry Carpenter would be? And like Jake Marisnik, if he's getting a start over Kerry Carpenter, is his defense in center field that much more valuable than what the potential that Carpenter can provide at the plate, even if it's against a lefty? And again, if I'm wrong and the answer to that ends up being like, yes, Marisnik like, is more valuable, or Eric Haas with a you know 596 OPS is more valuable, or Andy Abanez with a 695 OPS is more valuable, then like, so be it. If he can't hit lefties, he can't hit lefties. But I would at least like to give him the opportunity to prove that. And it's just very frustrating that the guy who is comfortably the best hitter on this baseball team right now, it just doesn't even get a chance to, to prove if he can or can't. So we'll see. In this game, I'm not going to get too hot about it because we won uh, and the team hit homers and we won pretty comfortably and all that. So so not going to get too upset, but something that I, I continue to be frustrated with. As far as pitching matchups for the rest of the series go, we have Matt Manning going today as you're listening to this. Game two, uh, he will go up against Martin Perez, who has a 7-3 and record and a 4-3-8 ERA on the year. Matt Manning B is back though. I have no clue if there's like a, I, I can't imagine there's like an inning limit or anything like that um, because it was a foot injury, not an arm injury. So like, we're not like working his arm back up. Like he's been like keeping the arm in shape and everything. So we should be good. It is worth noting in his last rehab start, he only gave up one hit, but he walked to like four or five batters. So we'll see where the command is at, but uh, very much this, especially if Boyd is hurt, but even if Boyd's healthy, this, this rotation very much needs some help, needs some innings. Very nice to see Matt Manning back. Can't wait. I still think he's got potential to be a pretty darn good pitcher. Very, very nice fastball. Matt Manning has can't wait to start talking about him again. You know, it's been, been a couple of months since we've even got to break down a Matt Manning start and kind of what I, I look for in Manning starts. Um, then on Wednesday, we have Joey Wentz against Dane Dunning. Uh, Dane Dunning is six and one with a two, seven, six ERA on the season. Joey Wentz, we know. And then it sounds like Thursday, the series finale, Reese Olsen will pitch again. He obviously just pitched, uh, at the, uh, the Minnesota series. Golly. So those are your pitching matchups for the rest of the series. And there's your episode. Thanks for making lockdown tigers. Your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow. Like I said, recapping game two, Matt Manning's first start back. Hopefully it's a good one. Uh, yeah, you set yourself up really, really nicely in a four-game set winning game one. Really any. I mean, game three, that's obviously even more of an advantage, you could argue. Um, but I really like winning game ones of series. So sets you up pretty nicely there. Let's go uh, do it again. And yeah, why not us, you know? All right. Have a great Tuesday. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. Hope that uh, I didn't get too close to the mic at some point. I'm sure I did. But again, just give me give me a few days to adjust to uh, to the to the OG mic. 
that I used when I uh, when I first got this gig. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.